This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome into the Jeff Merrick Show for Thursday, December the 15th. Matt Marchese here as uh, as Jeff battles some technical issues. Uh, hopefully we can get Jeff connected before the end of the show. But coming up on today's program, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts will join us in his regular slot in about five minutes or so. Randy Hahn, the San Jose Sharks TV voice, just celebrated his 2000th NHL game. We'll also talk to him about uh, the San Jose Sharks and, and what we can expect from them the rest of the way. And uh, we'll we'll do some listener questions. Uh, hashtag Ask JM as we do every once in a while on this program. We've already gotten a bunch, so uh, and they look really really good. So looking forward to that. And Ryan Clark from ESPN will also join us. He's got a couple of pieces out for ESPN. Uh, one of them talking about goalie tandems and and how they've kind of taken over the NHL, but not necessarily from a perspective of we need two really good ones. Uh, some of it has to do with just how teams balance the salary cap. We'll also talk about his rookie rankings um, as we as we get closer to Christmas here, as we've got a pretty good sample size for most. All right, on the ice last night, I think at this point we've all seen the hit. Um, Ryan Reeves on Philip Hironik. And at first blush, I watch the hit and I think looks fine to me, but as, as it happens almost every time now when a player does get hit or, and it doesn't even have to be dirty. It's just a big hit. Everybody gets all up in arms. So you would think that on the flip side, talking about the Detroit Red Wings, that they may have been just a little bit pissed off about that hit. But that certainly was not the case. Let's listen to this clip here. This is this is Derek Lalone, Red Wings head coach, talking about the hit last night, Ryan Reeves, on Philip Peronic. I think Phil would want his playback. Um, obviously, um exposing himself um talked to him real quickly i don't know what you know i think i, th- I think he thought there was a penalty on the play and he was waiting for his goalie to come out as crazy as that sounds it makes a little more sense now just to flow in the zone of the puck there but you know i'm sensitive to any contact to the head it's this day and age we know what head contact's about and uh, I know Reeves was not malicious with it, but it's a shoulder on the head, and the result is um, contact to the head. So uh, it, it is what it is. I think Phil would want that playback. I had this conversation with Jeff before the show, so I'll, I'll pass along what Jeff and I were talking about, and that is if you look on the other side of the ice at the Detroit Red Wings, they have a player that does that type of thing. Not a dirty hit, but a guy that is physical, a guy that really lays the body, and he and and he has the potential to hurt people when he does it, and that's Moritz Sider. Basically, Derek Lalone is taking the stance of I'm not gonna complain too much about this because if my guy does it, I don't need to hear the backlash from, hey, you said this about Ryan Reeves. It's smart because teams that don't have players like that will complain about it. They will complain about that hit. I, For me, I just look at that hit and I say, Horonic put himself in a bad situation. You know, like Lalone said, he thought that, that there was a penalty on the play, so he's looking to see where his goalie was going. 
And then he turns around and there's this mammoth of a human being named Ryan Reeves. And you know that Ryan Reeves is going to take, he's going to give his licks whenever he can. And so in that situation, it's just, a, it's, he got caught, Hironic got caught in a bad spot. For people that are up in arms about it, it's a contact sport. Sometimes people are put in compromising situations and other players take advantage of it. Separating man from puck. I didn't think that there was anything wrong with the hit. I know some people were joking, you know, Ryan Reeves is going to get suspended for something like that. I just think that in this game, things have gotten, I don't want to say a little soft, but I think we've gone almost, we've almost overcorrected too far to the other side where, where we think that everything is a penalty and everything is suspendable when in fact it's not. I, I think that, that, we need to see more physical contact in the game today. I think we're starting to to get back to it a little bit. I think there's a little bit more focus on physicality, especially as teams are building their rosters. At the end of the day, we can say whatever we want about skill because skill does, generally speaking, trump all. But physicality still has a role in this game. And we forget about that a lot. We forget about it with hits like that that Ryan Reeves laid last night on Philip Peronic. I think that when you look at team construction, you talk about the Minnesota wild. They are certainly not afraid to acquire players like that. They just traded for Ryan Reeves this season. They traded for Nick Delorier at the end of last season at the trade deadline. And they also employ Marcus Foligno, who's also a, a big guy. They call him like Ryan Reeves said in, in after hours over the weekend, they call him Moose for a reason. He's a big physical player, and everybody in the league wants players like that. Unfortunately, they just can't acquire said players. Also on the ice last night, the Vancouver Canucks get a 4-3 shootout victory over the Calgary Flames on Wednesday night hockey. And unsurprising to everyone that it is Bo Horvat that opens the scoring. And we've seen it with Bo Horvat over the course of the whole season that this is going to be a career year. We see it a lot, unrestricted free agents, and, and, some, and in some cases, restricted free agents. When their contracts are up, the spotlight is on them, the points start to pile up. And Bo Horvat is on pace for a season that is going to net him a lot of dollars. And it's I don't think that it's going to be the Vancouver Canucks. I would be very surprised. And as Elliot points out, as we as we try and connect with him, as Elliot points out in his 32 Thoughts article, never say never, but doesn't look like there's a chance. As we bring on Elliot Friedman from, from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts up. Fried, it's a day early that you get to talk to me, so lucky you. Um you know did. what? Did you ever see the movie? Did you ever see the movie Airplane? Uh, yes. Do you know that scene when they're trying to land in the runway at the end, and the guy in the tower unplugs it, and the <laughs> runway goes dark, and he just says, "Just kidding." You did that to Merrick's house today, right? Like you're yeah, standing there with the power cord to Merrick's house in your hand. I'm. I am I am Chevy Chase before he plugs in the Christmas lights, Elliot. Oh God, yeah, that's, I can see that. 
<laughs> so I, I wanted to I wanted to ask you about um, the Reeves hit last night because I know yeah. that I know that a lot of people get up in arms when they see a hit like that, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And and Derek Lalone said in his post game, like you know, Heronic probably wants that play back. He, he kind of put himself in a vulnerable position. But when I, I yeah. spoke to Jeff before the show, before I unplugged all of his hardware, and and the yeah. point that he made to me was. Look at who Derek Lalone deploys on his defensive unit, Moritz Sider, who also lays thundering body checks. And he's playing the, the card of, yeah, I, I got a guy like that on my team, so I'm not going to complain too much about it. Oh, I, I, well, look, I, I don't think the hit is dirty. I, I think you said it all there, and I, I saw Derek Lalone's quotes. Uh, Ronick uh, looked back, and, uh, and he got pasted. And nobody likes to see anybody get hurt, but it was a clean hit and there was nothing wrong with it. And uh, I don't think there needs to be a suspension. I don't think there's anything like that. I think you've got to know who's on the ice. And, you know, the the other thing here too is that, um, you know, one of the things about the rules is, you know, I had someone say to me, principal uh, point of contact, that's, that's no longer the rule. Um, that was changed. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's main point of contact. And I don't think that that the main point of contact is the head. I think the main point of, I think Reeves, like if Reeves really wanted to illegally hit Ronick there, he could have destroyed him, but he didn't, he hit him cleanly. And, uh, I don't have a problem uh, with that play. You got to know he's out there. And you've got to be alert. Like, I mean, the one thing I do think, Matt, is you look like the, the, the biggest change in the game to me is that we've gone from 15 guys on a team who would make a play like that to maybe not even 15 guys in the league. And Reeves is one and, you know, Truba is another. And you just have to be aware when those guys are on the ice that they're going to hit you if you're not paying attention. And I think that one of the things that's happened is there's so few hitters anymore People don't protect themselves very well. Well, that's it. I was. It's funny that you bring that up because that's where I was kind of going to go with this conversation. Like, there's almost been an overcorrection to the other side with all of the the skill in the game that players do leave themselves vulnerable for hits like this, even though they are f- very few and far between, because they just don't expect anybody to hit them. Like, do you? Do you envision us kind of getting back to somewhere in the middle here? Or is it just with the training that, especially the young kids that are coming up through through the game right now, with the training that they have and, and trying to find a Tom Wilson or a Marcus Foligno, like those guys just don't really exist anymore. Are we ever going to get back to that middle ground? Or do you think it's it's going to stay like this? You know, the basically 15 guys in the league that will throw a hit like this. No, I, I think this is the way it's going to stay. But I do think it changes in the playoffs. Like, I, Matt, if you've ever heard me on this segment, and I know you, like, fall asleep when it, when it comes on, but yeah. you'll know that my, my opinion is that, um, you know, you, you, the, the playoffs are so hard now and the players go so hard at each other because they so badly want to win. You can't play 82 games in a regular season like you play a maximum of 28 in the playoffs. It's it's just not humanly possible that you, you, you can't do it. It's, it's not reasonable to expect. And so I, I think that in the playoffs, 
I think there's an understanding that it's a lot more cutthroat out there and you really have to be alert. But I think you forget that it doesn't happen as much in the regular season. I think it's just, it's incumbent on players to recognize who's on the ice. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's your teammates responsible for letting you too. Like, uh, I, w- I would hope last night, and I, I don't know if it did or didn't, but I would hope last night that there were players on the Red Wings, you know, the moment that Reeves came out there, the moment that Reeves lined them up, they were yelling, look out, look out, like heads up or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I think there's two things. I think there's, I think there's a responsibility for coaches to teach players um, how to throw a clean hit if they're going to do it. And I think there's also a responsibility for coaches to teach players to be aware of a young age, to be aware of who is out there. Like I remember I was a pretty small kid uh, when I played. And I remember when hitting came in, I guess, I can't remember if I was Adam or midget, whatever age it was. Like I got destroyed. I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember there was one of those kids who was bigger. And I just remember him clobbering me at one particular point. And I think the thing that I wish I had done better was learn how to protect myself in those situations. And I think that, you know, it's Matt, I don't think the game's going back to what it was. I think there will always be a minimum number of big hitters now, but you have to know who they are and you have to know how to protect yourself against them. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joining Matt Marchese on the Jeff Merrick Show today. Um, okay, Vancouver. I mean, they they keep they continue to be a story, and I know that that we've kind of beat the the dead horse with this one. But I mean, when things write themselves, it is very poetic. And Bo Horvat opening the scoring last night was as poetic as it gets after the few day the last few days that he's had. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and I think it's uh, I, I think it's a testament to how he's handled his business this year. I mean, we all know what the situation is, and. You know, as I wrote today, you know, the all-time contract season was Aaron Judge of the Yankees last year, and Horvat's on pace for 60 goals. He's he's doing pretty well on his own. You know, I I, I thought I was listening to, I was watching the show last night. I thought Jamal Myers said some, something uh, really interesting uh, before the game. He said that you know someone asked him. I think it was Carolyn asked him if there was uh, he was worried about regression or anything like that. And Myers said that he doesn't really worry about it too much in, in Horvat's case because he scores a lot of his goals from in front of the net. And what did he do right away? He scored one on a tip from right in front of the net. I thought that was – that's one of those moments as a broadcaster you dream of. Oh, I said something that actually came too. It was, it was really uh, – it was good. But, you know, he's on a tear. He's doing really well. Um, you know, I, I, I think that – I think this is a big challenge for Vancouver. There's, there's no question in my mind that there's a limit to where they want to go to. And that limit is below what Horvat's market value is. And, you know, also like I wrote, I think he sees the, the summer for talking and the regular season for playing. And I, I don't think he's too in, like, like, I don't know that the, that he won't negotiate during the season, but I think he's made it very clear that that's not his preference. And, you know, he doesn't, it's, it, it, it's like, I think, I don't know this, but I think if there's any talks during the year, 
it's pretty much going to be incumbent on the Canucks to go to him and say, this is what we want to do. And that's why I think that there's a chance that uh, it happens one more time. Although right now they're, they're certainly talking to other teams about him, but I just don't know how much ability there's going to be to move him at this time uh, because of the cap, tight cap situation around the league. So we'll see. Um, there's a lot of different ways this can go, but he's certainly taking care of business. And with that being said, talking about any potential trade, I, I'm I'm really having a, a hard time even imagining what the trade deadline looks like, let alone the next couple of months before that happens. Is there is there a scenario that you look at and say, okay, a player like Bo Horvat, maybe maybe the Canucks need to they're going to wait until not the last possible minute, but they're going to give themselves some time here. Or is it a situation where a team looks at this and goes, okay, we're in LTIR. We may be able to make a deal now and then we'll figure it out later. Or, or do you think that Bo Horvat is one of those players that Vancouver is going to wait until, you know, beginning of March before they pull the trigger on something? Well, I think that, uh, look, I, I, I think this, I think all options are open. I mean, the biggest impediment to making deals now is that so many teams are uh, so close to the cap or in LTIR that there's just not a lot of flexibility. Like, everybody's talking about, you know, Colorado for uh, as a potential destination. It makes a lot of sense. But Colorado's got a lot of injuries, and they really can't make a lot of moves uh, because they, you know, they're, they're, they're in a cap. They're at the cap, and all their injured guys are coming back. So unless, you know, Vancouver or someone else is going to do something to take a contract off of Colorado, it, it's not possible until closer to the deadline. So I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, look, I, look I, I know one thing about Rutherford. I, I've dealt with him a lot over the years. The guy's not afraid to do anything. He's been around a long time. He, he understands the way this works. I don't think in that this, this maelstrom of this, he's going to panic at all. Um, I think they're trying to clear cap room. I think that's their ultimate goal with any move they make. I think they want to add as many young players and picks as they possibly can. Um, but I don't think he wants to, I, I think he wants to create cap room if he makes this move. So I always think about what's the time that he can do that. Okay, and now Elias Pettersson is the next the next domino that's kind of going to fall here. So uh, I'm assuming that Bo Horvat is not going to be a Vancouver Canuck at the end of the season. Um, Elias Pettersson is the next man up that needs a contract. And, and while he's not going to become a UFA for uh, a couple of seasons, July 2025, yeah. um, what's that deal look like? Because, I mean, Bo Horvat to me is an $8 million player at minimum at this point. Uh, yeah. Elias Pettersson's got to be in that conversation as well. And if they had a hard time fitting Bo Horvat into the, their future plans, um, where does Elias Pettersson fit into all this? I, I think that uh, I think Pettersson is something they're keeping an eye on too. Um, I, you know, obviously, as you said, he he's in the second of a three-year deal. He can sign an extension this summer. Um, you know, when his contract ends, this one at least, he's got one more year after until unrestricted free agency. So there's time here. But I definitely think the Canucks are looking at this and saying, we better have room to deal with this. 
So I, I think all of these things are part of each other. Okay, and now um, I wanted to wanted to discuss just a, an overall because you just came back from the board of governors meetings, and th- this is more maybe a big picture question, just about the league and and how and how things are going it, with the increase in goals, and and now we look at playoff races, which are seemingly going to be a lot tighter than they were last year, especially in the East. Overall, with revenues being where they are and the game being where it's at. Do you think that the commissioner's office is happy with the way things are going? Um, I, look, look, I think, look, I, I, someday there's, there's a, a full story to be written on everything that happened during COVID. Like it was a real, it was a real battle, uh, especially since, you know, a, a good chunk of the revenue from the league comes from the seven teams in Canada and and the the rules were a lot stricter up here than they were in the United States in terms of fans and, and attendance and things like that. And I think it, it hurt. And, um, you know, I, I think they've started to recover. There's no question about that. As, as I wrote today, I had a couple governors say, I, well, one governor and a couple said it, they heard said similar that they're hoping for about a 9% growth in, 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 in revenues this year. Um, you know, I know, I know people don't like the ad boards and, and some people don't like the patches, but I don't know if any of this stuff would happen. I mean, there's a reality here. They have to make up money and grow. And out of COVID, there's a lot of businesses out there that are doing things they probably never wanted to do before and never thought of. So, I mean, do I want to see more growth? Absolutely. I, I, I don't get the thing with the playoffs. I, I really don't, but it's, it's his opinion and he's got the most votes. Um, but I, do I think they're happy where they're going? I think they're happy they've recovered. Um, you know, I think they're a little concerned about no shows in a couple of places. Um, there's always going to be concerns. There's always going to be things you're working, uh, uh, you're working, uh, out of or working through, but there's there's no doubt to me that a couple of years ago when when the league was going through COVID, there were real worries about what was going to happen. You know, would people go back to games? Would people say, I, I I don't need sports anymore? I I know there were teams and people who were really worried about that, and they appear to be headed back in the right direction. I I uh, I really like them to see like. The one thing I really do think is that this cap thing, I know what the CBA says, and he's right. If they don't pay it back this year, they don't have to increase it. To me, I think that's a negotiation tactic. But the, the thing that I look at, too, is, like, you look at some of these contracts being handed out in baseball. Um, the NBA is thinks they're about to do a huge TV deal, which is going to, you know, some people are estimating their cap, if they get what they want, can go into the high $100 million. Like these are leagues that like people notice these numbers, people see this kind of thing and they, you, and it, it kind of affects the overall image of your league. And I would just love to see the a salary cap bump um, because I think it would help the quality of play. I think it would, I think it would help teams. I think it would help players. And I think you just want to be able to say, look, like we're growing the business and, uh, 
it just seems to me, I, I, after rewatching the scrum yesterday, Matt, that we're headed towards a negotiation to see how that can happen. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA and negotiations. I'm sure nothing could go wrong. Um, <laughs> quick, quickly. I, I, have to, I have to say this. Like, during, during COVID, they did a really, like, they didn't always agree on everything, obviously. But if they hadn't made at least some kind of deal, the damage would have been really serious. And they at least deserve credit for getting that done. This is true. This is true. Okay, one more quick one before we let you go. Uh, Yessi Pugliarvi, you you mentioned uh, you do think this will be his last season in Edmonton. Um, does it feel like if the Oilers are going to make any sort of deal that he's going to have to go the other way as the contract that they need to make room for whoever's coming in? Well, I think that that's what he would like. I, I, I think that that would be the case. And uh, I, I do think it's possible. Like I said, I, I do think, like his quotes a couple of weeks ago, those were tough and, and you want to see him be in a good place. I just think we're heading in that direction. It's just a matter of how we get there. So I wouldn't guarantee that he'd be part of any deal, but I think they'd like it. I think obviously he'd like it. It's just a matter of, you know, one of the things is, is market's really tough right now. And I think the owners just don't want to give him away. But I do think one way or the other, he'll be on another team, whether it's this year or next. All right, Elliot, uh, that'll be all for today. Uh, actually, Jeff is coming back after the break. So he found the he found the hidden plug. Uh, he got himself back up and running. And uh, and you are lucky that you don't have to deal with me for the rest of today. But I will talk to you tomorrow. Actually, I'm trying to decide, Matt, if I'm if I if I've been a, a good boy or not this week because like they they I'm trying to decide was I good or not this week because a higher power up there, God said you don't have to deal with Merrick, so that's good news, but you do have to deal with Marchese, which is worse news. So I'm trying to decide is it good or bad. Well, you let me know which one it is by the end of today. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Elliot. All right, take care, Matt. There he goes. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada.